It's Kinsokia Radio Live number 106 tonight. Welcome everyone to the show. Oh! I'm joined here by DMJ654. Once again, it just appears to be the Lunar and DMJ show tonight. Yeah! Wow. Twice in a row. This is actually kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining. Mm, me either. Although it does beg the question, has the role been reversed? Is DMJ the one who shows up and Zara the one missing now? Ooh, we don't know. It's possible. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to another show. Much and more has happened since the last time we have been around. Uh, man, it's really something. Uh, we'll get into a bunch of things that have changed, but there's also more news on the horizon we have to talk about this evening. Stuff that is uh, pretty interesting. Stuff that folks have been talking about the last week. Uh, we have some fan game news, along with some licensed fan game news. We'll be talking about. We're also, of course, going to be bringing you some new music this evening. Uh, mostly high-rated stuff tonight. Uh, I have been. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, I've been actually quite swamped with work since like the last time I talked. Especially since now we run Discord stage events every month now too. So we have a couple of different events that we do every month, and it actually got to the point where I ran the first. Uh, well, the, our, technically our second Discord stage event on the 4th of this month, and I was like, we've done a live show this month, right? Wait, oh no, that was a, hmm, we need to do a live show. So I figured it out, pinged my staff to see when they were available, and uh, this is the weekend, so, because DMJ's yeah. got some interesting stuff going on that he's been dealing with, and um, that's going to make him not available next weekend, so here we are. Well, actually, next weekend is actually different from the other stuff. I actually have a vacation that I planned a year and a half ago, and uh, COVID ruined that last year. So this is the year that we actually get to go for our, our anniversary out to uh, northern Indiana. Nice. Well, it's you know it's good. Folks are getting the opportunity to do some of the things they want to again. So good stuff. Yeah. Uh, right, so I've got some technical things to check on just a little bit here, but uh, yeah, I think we went over some of the things that we'll be getting into. I am looking at an old show document. No wonder I'm so confused. Um, yeah, uh, because I have the fresh one up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're trying to figure out. So there, there's a there's a Steam game that is we'll be talking about again, but we first mentioned it during live number 91, so I was looking at that, that old document. Anyway, uh, yeah, some news, news, news. Uh, we'll get into that and some of the things that have been going on at the radio station. But uh, yeah, D D DMJ, so y you're you've got a vacation next weekend. But like, what's the big thing that you've been up to as of late? Too much adulting. So like for the years now, I've been saying, oh, the studio's moving. We're getting an apartment. We're getting an apartment. Times have changed. I'm getting a, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, a, a condo house thing. I'm actually like getting a mortgage. Uh, so I spent the past week with loan officers and getting everything together, house hunting, literally looking like with realtors at houses and stuff. I'm not like no longer looking at apartments. Um, a couple of them I looked at around the water, out on the river. Oh wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. 
houses that look pretty nice. A lot of houses around here need work. Uh, so there's definitely projects, uh, but it's literally going to be like, I'm building a studio. I'm actually building a studio. I'm not like converting a room into a studio. I'm making a room, a studio with like soundproofing and everything. So that's kind of driven me to the more, the more permanent abode kind uh, of, uh, DMJ just got angle. jealous of some of the stuff I did over the last few months. Yeah, <laughs> I needed to, I, I had to. I did wait. I've done way too much of signing my own name that my hand hurts. Oh gosh. Uh, so it's just, it's just, uh, and the worst part is the housing market is so hot right now. Anything that goes up immediately sells. We, there was a house yesterday. We literally, a condo that we saw that was perfect for us. Like if it was, I was literally waiting on the, my loan officer to get back to me and be like, yes, come on. I just want to put a bid on this. And as soon as I got home, it took me from the time I saw it up for sale. Uh, it took me 17 minutes to get back to the studio. And when I got back and looked up the listing, it was sold. Jeez. Well, you know, it, yeah, it, it is. It is a seller's market at this point in time. So, you know, it's not just because of the supply, but also as follows in economics, as a lot of you know, uh, the price can be quite high as well. And especially if you're looking to get a house or a condo or, or what have you, a lot of times it, I mean, uh, I, I, heck, I I know this was even true like four years ago when my parents sold their house, but um, a lot of times they'll set a price and a lot of times you have to bid higher than the price, um, which is eh, but I, I don't know if that's the same sort of thing that you're dealing with going through searching or your search but it's, my search is just it's really hard to get what we want for our price range. <laughs> Because we live in the more high-end part of town, Gosh. and trying to get a price line and to keep my car insurance down and my insurance is down, I want to stay within county at least for the moment. And uh, well, Does... trying to find a house in that price range is not good. Yeah, totally uh, unrelated, but. Does your insurance look at specific things like how far away you live from work? Yep. Huh. So I don't think but that's ever problem, been a thing for me. But the but the thing is, it's actually the closer that you are, uh, the because my work is in town. The more I have to actually be on the the longer I have to be on the road, um, actually brings my insurance up. It's weird. So like the closer I get to my work, there's a lot more of like traffic. So it actually looks at the traffic and be like, what is the likelihood of your accident? your accident rate going up so and it actually looks at that so actually the further away from work i am um so like where i am and where my county is i actually get a tax break because i'm like i'm right against the highway um and my commute is relatively short right i don't have to hit many roads but That's i know it's it's it's, yeah, so it's bad so it, so it looks at time spent on the road not necessarily distance yes time spent on the road and traffic density well, that's interesting. And it and it, and it ca calculates traffic density based on rush hour, not on any other time. It's just rush hour traffic. Well, of course. So you know, it's like you can't make the argument. Well, I don't, I don't travel that way. Or I mean, heck, I mean, I, not for insurance purposes, but just for the fact that I wanted to be relatively close to where I worked. I used to live in an apartment um, a little bit west of Minneapolis, 
and you know my commute would be maybe 10 minutes but there was a highway that went along a sort of frontage road that I would often take um, especially in the winter time because gosh uh, w winter driving and having there be a little bit of traffic is not fun anyway so it, it just meh but all right um enough of that I don't know why we got on the subject of traffic although Makes sense, because we got stuff that's changing, not just in our lives, but in the station as well. So we'll get to that in a little bit here. Until then, though, we're going to hit up a couple of songs here. This first one is from East New Sound off the album Tragical Garnet, which I know that we had at some point in the past, and we just had to dig it up again, and here it is. And then other uh, something else from a circle I don't think we've heard of before, Tones. Uh, I believe they're a uh, circle that's based in China, so we'll... Have a listen of what they've got, and we'll be back here in just a little bit in Gensokyo Radio Live number 106. <laughs>
せて夢を見続けたその陰りの見える笑顔が消えたどこまで行けばいいの先は見えずに道に迷うの諦めたその先に一つの光Soki Radio Live number 106 this evening. I'm joined here by DMJ654. I am Lunar. Hello, hello, Beep. Just Beep. Uh, beep. Well, I mean, I consider the listeners out there uh, part of this whole ensemble because if it wasn't for them, no, we would be talking to Arlie ourselves. So there's that. It's true. I mean, we might. We might still be talking to just ourselves, for all we know. Yeah, we. I mean, we have no idea. We've done it before. It, it's <laughs> we happened. We have done it before. Very early on in the station's history, we did, uh, well, not even we. It was just me at that point. Single-digit live shows. Oh, no. I'm also talking about times where we get probably halfway through the show and then we realize it wasn't broadcasting. Uh, it hasn't happened in a very long time. It hasn't happened. Like I was saying, like very early on, single-digit episode uh, shows. You know, back before we had any sort of dedicated equipment, uh, I had run shows where I was speaking in between some songs, and for whatever reason, it just wasn't picking me up. So I was saying things, but it wasn't broadcasting out to anyone. All they were hearing was music, including the background music. So. Uh, well, yeah, but we don't do that anymore. There, there's several checks in place to make sure that that just doesn't happen. So, um, not the which? least, not the least of which is monitoring the waveform as it's being recorded. Because if you didn't know, these shows become available um, a week or more after the initial live broadcast. What you're listening to now, maybe if you're on the website of the app, or if you're in our Discord, which, by the way, we have a Discord channel. We haven't mentioned it yet. If you're not already with us, you can join us on discord.gg slash gr. That stands for Gensokyo Radio, in case you didn't know. Yeah, it's a hip happening place. And uh, we're partnered over there. In fact, I just... uh, Discord sends me a bunch of things. I I have, at this point, like four pieces of clothing from discord and i have not paid for a single bit of it there's the initial there's the original like the og partner hoodie that just doesn't exist anymore unless you know you're an original partner 
they sent me a sort of random long sleeve partner um, tee, which is kind of nice. Um, and then I signed up for the Discord Hype Squad because we were doing that at Anime Boston for a year. Um, it was really back in 2019, so the last year I could have. And then uh, just today, I received their new partner hoodie, which uh, it's new because, as a lot of you already on Discord know, they recently updated their branding. So, of course, they had to update their partners as well. So, there you go. Anyway, I, <laughs> let's get into some topics here. So, which, there's some interesting stuff here. Let's talk about one of the things that, that folks have seen a lot of uh, as of late. It's sort of a relatively recent news. Uh, people have been talking about the fact that there is a certain organization, a certain group, a certain development company, uh, Cave, who's got a license to make a Toho fan game. And I have had DMJ do the vast majority of research on this. I'll provide commentary, but you can take the floor, DMJ. All right. So Cave, if those who are un unaware of Cave, uh, they are the developers of Don't Don Pachi, which is kind of like this really big franchise um, in the Damaku shooter kind of realm. Um, and they were kind of established right around, I wouldn't say right around, but close to the same time as when Toho kind of started taking it. Zun started making Toho games. And um, it seems like um, recent, as of recently, and I mean as of recently, they announced something last year, or this year, started something last year, announced it this year, it is going to be releasing it next year, is a Toho Project fan game. Um, and I started to see that uh, there's some people who are kind of like, okay, what's with all these companies now getting licensed for Toho games? And it seems like a lot of people are kind of confused about the licensing pro process when it comes to Toho projects, Toho project kind of fan games. Mm -hmm. um, so what is going on uh, in kind of like a summary is Cave got a license from Zun to make a kind of like licensed, I wouldn't say first party, but it's like kind of like in the same realm as like uh, Toho Lost Word or in that kind of realm uh, where they partnered with Zun in some degree to make our, their own fan game, their own Don Maku shooter, if you will. Yeah, and the, the way that I phrased this earlier was that it's not a fan making a fan game, it's a company making a fan game. And that is the reason why this licensing has occurred. Uh, you know, if it's any fan out there, obviously, as we've been saying for, for years and years, can just go out and make their own derivative works, fan games, music, artwork, etc. But if it's a company, there's a commercial element to it, and so this licensing thing occurs. And the reason it's interesting for a lot of folks is because it is from a more prolific uh, developer who is known for making uh, these types of games. In fact, the well, I think one of the, just from the grapevine, uh, one of the things that they're more known for is sort of their spin on the bullet hell genre, and they're one of the first to really sort of push that forward, as I understand it. Yes, and it makes it very... It, I, I saw that after a while, some people were kind of like, hey, what's 
what's going on what does this mean for the future of toho it's like well for people who are kind of like new this doesn't mean anything it's think of this kind of like how um how would i put this because twilight frontier does both fan games and official titles so think of it like a if twilight frontier wanted to make a fan game they have to work on a license now i of course twilight frontier has a different very different licensing agreement with zun since they also make first party titles uh but they make first party titles that are fighters so yeah it's kind of different right yeah so that's the whole cave thing i i personally think that there's just nothing to read into this i don't know why this got like a became a big deal but it's it's just you know I, typical I think, business stuff that happens within this space all the time and those who are new um it's just you know yeah. it's it's just par for the course for what happens when big companies come in and start getting into this new commercialized toho space post zun america era right yeah it's um I, I was we were saying off the air a little bit that one of the sort of the lead-ins into this is that zune say comes to america in 2013 enemy week in atlanta discovers that there is a huge fan presence outside of the island nation of japan goes back mulls it over for a few years and then eventually we start getting official games on steam therefore fan games on steam and more companies and sort of commercial involvement uh, in that space and, and especially working directly with with the creator you know of the toho project series itself because that is how it's been written in zoom's terms for basically you know since the beginning you know, if, you, if, you're, yeah. if you're a fan, you want to make stuff, go for it. That's part of the reason why the series has been so prolific. And we're really only seeing this more commercial aspect of the series now because of this sort of renewed interest. There, there are folks outside of Japan and that just understand that there's a, a presence. There's a want for it. And companies will take notice and they'll say, hey, let's make a game and uh, have it be based off of this IP because we know that there are people out there who will want to play it. I mean, what yes. what better, as a game developer or as a publisher, what better uh, game could you ask for than one that you know there is already an existing a fan market base for? for. Exactly. So yeah. that, so it's it, like, like, from that perspective, it makes sense. Yes, and I, I personally think that this is just like, just par for the course for what hap what's happening now. It's just the new kind of talks that happen a lot. This happened a lot this happens a lot more often than what this seems like it's just because of its cave and it's it's cave you yeah, know it's, it's more it, prolific it some bigger and and folks have been asking you know what what's what's the future of toho project you know it's like making it sound a little bit more dire than it has to because this is just another one of those cases where a company is interested in making a fan game therefore they go through this process and that's as we understand it that's how it goes so yeah and it's just how it is and i mean and and i i want to let the new kind of like the more newer people into the fan base know that this wasn't always the case this this back in the day it was a lot more ad hoc than this but i do think that um eventually we're going to hit a point where zun's gonna have to pass the franchise off i just don't think we're there yet but 
we're, we're not eventually we're, we're gonna have to cross that bridge and i don't think we're gonna get there for some time yet so yeah he seems very still passionate about what's going on so i mean dmj uh, total project may may be in its 25th year but i'm not that old <laughs> i'm not i'm not old please uh, what, 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 I just saw what another, was it? What was it? What was that? Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on. There was another. It's today. What is today? Today is uh, Saturday. So let me go to. There was a meme that I saw today. I gotta pull it back up. But it was on the Halo Reddit. They have meme Saturdays, and it was. Yeah, here it is. It's that meme where you have the the pink blob sitting on the medical desk, and you have the doctor who's sitting there. And he goes, "Doc, I'm feeling old." And he goes, "Hmm, tell me, did you play Halo when it first came out?" Yeah, I played it as a kid. It was like my favorite game. And then the doctor writes on the freaking uh, little board. He's just like, "The patient is basically dead." That's how I feel when you say Toho's in its 25th year. It's like I'm basically dead at this point. Oh my gosh, DMJ, you're you're looking to get your first like home. You're just getting started. I'm not an adult. I don't want to be an adult. It's the, yeah, well, not, I want to be in that. I want to be in that weird stage where I'm still trying to figure things out. Yeah, well. Now I actually have things figured out. I want to live in ignorant bliss again. Yeah. I don't want equity. I just want to just. I just want to eat pizza and cry. Don't we all? Yeah. But hey, speaking of Steam, mm. Steam made uh, Valve made a big announcement, and this kind of affects people who do play Toho. Yeah, well, it affects really anyone who plays Steam games that have you know, even even older Steam titles, but even more recent ones, you know, based on the settings. Uh, what are we talking about, DMG? We're talking about a new piece of hardware. The Steam Deck has been announced by Steam. Now, I do want to preface this. It's not the same thing as the stream deck. By I've Elgato, been trying to get over this. The, 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 I've been trying to do this for two days now, and I keep getting them confused. The stream deck, I'm just ignoring everyone who gets confused by it because it's the Steam Deck. Uh, the stream deck, if you don't know, is a product by Elgato, and it is basically a small keyboard type thing uh, with screens behind each key. Uh, that you can customize and have do various functions and things. Um, I think we both have a Stream Deck, and I use yep. mine for initializing some of the programs that I use for starting these live shows. I use it to control the lighting in my studio, stuff like that. I use mine just to macro things on Star Citizen and other games for right now. Yeah, and that's great. Like macro keys, it's exactly what it is, right? So I personally though don't want to get up to the like the Terran. Like I have like. 50 keyboards all macroed out. You should have got the Stream Deck XL. Yeah. Um, but what's really interesting about the uh, Steam Deck, uh, it is a being kind of touted as the Switch Pro killer. Yeah, uh, if, the, the timing in particular is very interesting. Uh, yeah, this comes a couple weeks after Nintendo like made a big deal. Like, hey, we're making a new Switch. It's got a bigger screen and an OLED display, but Me save everything else. Meanwhile, at Valve, someone is in a, in a darkened room rubbing their hands together like <laughs> they don't even know. And I mean, I've seen what's really... Okay, so let me kind of like lay out this, this Steam Deck for a lot of people who have not heard of it yet. Uh, this thing is a portable... It's about the size of a Switch. It's a little bit bigger than a Switch, but it's mm -hmm. about the same kind of portability of a Switch. Um, it's portable PC. Yeah, it is actually. That you, what what is it? It's 
the tech in it basically makes it a mobile PC, a handheld PC, because it's got, it's based on what AMD's Zen 2 architecture. Yeah, it's based on AMD Zen 2. Uh, it is running a 2.4 to 5.5. 5.3.5 gigahertz uh, processor. It's also got. It's an APU, so it also has a GPU. It's based on RDNA two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can apparent from IGN's kind of hands on. They say it can run uh, AAA titles from last year, no problem, and it can run AAA titles from this year um, fairly well at reasonable graphic settings it's not terrible and what makes it really interesting is that it also can stream from on your pc much like uh what was the what was the one device that they had was the stream the steam link Mm -hmm. i have one i do too yeah it's yeah it's kind of like a steam link and the same thing but it all displays on a seven inch screen uh it's got pretty much the same light button layout as a xbox uh 360 elite controller so it's got the two buttons on the back side for the pro controller uh it's got two touch pads right below the thumbsticks on the inline controls uh that can kind of work as your mouse kind of deal it also has got an embedded gyroscope for gyroscope aiming uh for those splatoon fans out there get hype because now we can slaughter people in other shooters (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Um, and it's it's interesting like you mentioned at the beginning of this for folks who enjoyed the Toho Project series because it's a series that would run quite well on hardware like this. Yes, and it also, you can just link, you just log into Steam and it runs. No linking to anything else. You just sign in and... And you're off to the races. uh, Play. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm actually right now linking the uh, Steam Deck's uh, website into general chat right now. Um, the one thing I, and I know it's not in the show doc, but, uh, I, I would be very, it would be against my judgment not to bring this up for everybody right now. Um, the steam deck is selling really well right now. Like absolutely insane. Hotcakes. Um, I was looking up, uh, the reason why I know this is because, uh, right now they have a reservation system. If you want to pre-order one of these units, uh, you have... Uh, it's a five dollars down, and the website is buggy. Uh, they've already. You also requires you to have a Steam account that's n- older than June of this year uh, in order to kill off scalpers. And um, but the big thing is they were already showing the numbers when the website was crashing yesterday. Which good luck if you can get in and get a reservation um, without the website crashing. Uh, 5,000 units alone in the U.S. have been sold. There were other numbers that were being leaked out yesterday from Europe that were insane as well. So they're already going gangbusters on day one within a few hours of registration opening up. And that's that's excluding scalpers, apparently. According to uh, Valve's numbers, they are able to isolate those accounts and shut them down and keep them out of the data, which is really interesting that Valve is taking this... Uh, this step in order to keep scalpers off this but the way that reservations are working right now uh it's five dollars down you uh, get it and it's just so that you can reserve your spot for when pre-orders open and you will be contacted in order of reservation um i think they said first units will be shipping in december of this year 
Um, however, if you look on the website now, I think they've now pushed that back to, well, yesterday when I reserved mine, it was pushed back to Q2 2022. Yeah, that's, uh, it's the date's kind of out there, especially for the higher tier. Cause, so, cause there's, there's three models. The base model starts at, I think, what was it? 399, which 399, which is only $50 more than the um the new oled switch by the way yeah and yeah it's uh it's quite a compelling deal there's some folks out there saying well you know look at the hardware it can't play your your triple a titles it it blazing quality or whatever but again you have to realize that this is a what, what the the screen is very close to 720 i think it's 800 by something it's a 1610 resolution uh, but it's it's actually 1200 by 800 1200 by, yeah so it's 1610 wait it anyway, doesn't really matter it's uh it's about the same sort of category as your 720 it's a little bit larger than that but uh b because of that it takes less power to drive uh games so you can drive them at higher frames and stuff like that uh now um i am gonna i'm gonna kind of preface this this is also a pc this is a full fat pc built into this thing it's not just like for gaming you can do other things that aren't gaming on it uh it's running a brand new version of steam os that runs proton natively in the background if you guys don't know what proton is it is absolutely the best project out there right now for gaming in general i never took uh, it's, yeah it's <laughs> valve's projects to convert direct x game direct x uh render or i guess DirectX computation into vulcan uh for non-windows os without making um this essentially allows uh games to be converted for linux without the developers having to make a bespoke version of the game for linux you just are essentially running this game in wine but on the back end it's weird um but they did say that you don't have to have SteamOS on it. Once you get it in your hands, it's yours. You could wipe the thing and throw a full fat Windows on it, and it will work fine. That uh, you can run. They even said like on the IGM one, it's like if you wanted to throw, uh, what's the new version of uh, Mac OS? I can't even remember. Yeah, anymore. big. You sir. can throw Wait, that Mac on. OS. Yeah, I think it's Excuse me. Yeah, you. Yeah, you could technically throw Big Sur on there if you can get a uh, a hack and a way to hack and tosh it in. It will it will run. Well, There's nothing. Actually, everything's AMD on there. There's wacky. nothing to preventing preventing it driver wise from running. Huh. Uh, right then. I did not know that. Yeah, they. If you go watch the IGN stuff, they they had all the people that worked on it down. Um. So, like we said, there are three flavors quote unquote of this thing uh 399 which is the base model and really the only big difference is how much storage and how fast your storage is um so base model is 64 gigs of emmc memory um that's like bare bones uh then the next one up it is 529 don't quote me on that yeah 529 and it is running 256 gigs of NVMe SSD. 
uh, and the next one up is 649. That's the one I got. Uh, that's 512 gigs of NVMe. Now, what's really interesting about these NVMe storage uh, solutions is that uh, they're running 222, uh, 2230 M.2s that are quote unquote not meant for user replacement. I don't know mean if that means that they're doing something to put it on the device, but I would assume that um, you might it's just like oh you might void a warranty if you swap out the drive yeah. or whatever um but all the devices come with a uh sd card slot for that supports up to two terabytes of micro sd storage so you can load your games on there um but like we also said it runs like steam link so you can have um have a uh bring your your games over via your local network from your pc to the stream uh to the steam deck uh with no process going with no processes happening on the system itself which is really nice um it does have a usb c uh dock in the works that will allow you to um connect a monitor keyboard and mouse ethernet and other io that they are working on but it's not shipping with the device uh because they are still developing the stock um however they ig like i said on the ign did a hands-on and they have a working prototype with the dock and it actually seems like it runs really well like you can't tell even the desktop version of the new steam os looks very strikingly like windows 10. oh that's interesting yeah, like it's it's oh boy, yeah, it I, looks like Windows 10. <laughs> I, yeah, I actually tried SteamOS over the last year here when I was tinkering around with some of my hardware, trying to figure out what to do uh, with some of that, and it was it, it was definitely like a little bit foreign. So I guess it's different now though. Yeah, um, apparently it runs straight up like just Windows 10. I mean, of course it has its own Linux issues, but I mean, like even the toolbar. Like you go out and watch the IGN thing. I know it's probably a work in progress, but the toolbar looks straight up. I'm not joking. Like Windows 10 toolbar on the side. It's actually almost copyright infringing. Huh. It's crazy. Um, and but all like I said, the only differences between the device is um the memory and speed. And also I think the 512 comes with an anti-glare screen. Uh and uh but all of them come with 16 gigabytes of ddr5 of l lp ddr5 onboard ram you won't be able to change that out sorry but 16 gigs isn't, that's what most that, desktop runs you know it just occurred to me and yes i know this is a bit more technical for folks who maybe aren't out there but zen 2 with lp ddr5 did that did that occur to you until just now how strange that is. That is strange, you know, because Zen 2, I don't think, did it support it? I don't think it did. As far as I'm aware, not even Zen 3 does. No, it does not. Wow. So this is like a really proprietary chip. It's, it's like they, so my guess is that they started developing this thing when Zen 2 is still relevant, and then somehow they shoehorned in faster RAM, which I, I don't, entirely understand now granted um lpddr5 or may have been around during that time because of the weight like you know how 
I, I know they're they're different, but you know how RAM on GPUs is typically like it's got a higher number. It's usually like a generation ahead, quote unquote. They're not really the same thing, but like I, I wonder if that maybe it's like something, some element of the APU um, interfaces with that, and they already had the, the ability to to make that work. Uh, yeah. So here's some other things uh, that are a little bit more technical for a lot of people, but it's kind of relevant for most people. I kind of feel like Linus saying all this, but uh, <laughs> the display, like we said, is 1280 by 800, uh, which is 16 by 10, by the way. Uh, it's an IPS display, seven inches. So about the actually when I was looking at it, it looked about the same size and even bezel width of uh, the stock switch. Uh, it's running 400 nits, so you know, don't expect any uh, HDR on this thing. Uh, stock 60 hertz. Sorry, gamers, but you are locked to 60 on this screen. Hmm. Uh, Touch-enabled screen. Uh, ambient light sensor. It runs Bluetooth 5.0, which means anything that you have that are heads that runs off headphones. Uh, that runs headphones or anything that's Bluetooth connectivity will work right out of the box. Um, but here's the part that makes me so happy. They are brave, braver than Apple. They added a 3.5 stereo headphone jack. Oh my gosh. Let's go. Why, why is that? A, why is that a thing? Like I'm, I'm in the market for a new mobile phone soon. I have, I have a Galaxy S7 Edge, which, what was that? 2017? Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it's fine, but, you know, I'm stuck in Android 8, and Android 11's out now, and so, I don't know, just, it's time, but. See, for me, I love the headphone jack. It is yeah, same, amazing. Same, like, the, the, the S7 I love Edge the does, but the problem is, like, I, I, I know, tangent, I get it, but headphone jack, why, why are they, why are they disappearing the way that they are? Why do I have to get... What is technically the mid-tier phone, if I want to get, like, say, a Pixel device uh, that has a headphone jack, but not their top-tier device? Okay. The reason is because IPS display... Uh, not IPS. What is it? The, the, the waterproof ratings. That's what it's okay. for. Okay, well, so that's... You get a higher one with less ports. That's one argument, um, but... Here's, That's the only argument that I could think here's, of. Here's my perspective. And yes, I know that Bluetooth headphones are more of a thing these days than they were 10 years ago. But when I got the first Android phone, the G1, the HTC G1, the very first Android phone, it had no headphone jack. It only had the kind of like chonker looking USB plug uh, on the bottom, uh, the bottom of the phone. Because uh, at that point, Folks didn't really know what Android phones were going to be, uh, necessarily. So there was no headphone jack. And the way that I got music to work with a headphone jack out of that is by getting this dongle, which just, it was super temperamental. It would hit shuffle on my playlist. It would skip to the next song occasionally, all without me doing anything. Um, eventually I figured out that like if you moved the... Uh, the, the dongle and the, the, the plug just a little bit it would do some of these things so it was like just super temperamental so i was like man i really wish this thing had a physical headphone jack for those times where i just want to listen to music with a pair of wired headphones and so you know fast forward you know two three years or what have you and every phone has a headphone jack on it until apple gets rid of the headphone jack on their device and then others start to follow suit and i'm like what are you doing 
a mobile phone without a headphone jack is the same as, like, I'm gonna have the same problems, may probably not the same problems as the G1 because that was the first phone, but still, I don't want to have to carry around an accessory to do something that I think is just something that you should be able to do natively. Uh, exactly. And, and maybe I'm an outlier because I have basically nothing but wired headphones. I had I had one pair of wireless headphones. I used them maybe twice, and now I think I've, they've just been sitting around for so long that the battery is just permanently dead in them. Um, you know, that's $100 I dropped on a pair of headphones that I used twice. And for what? Like, you know, so... Uh, yeah. But I, I have more wired headphones because obviously I do these radio shows, I interface with a physical mixer, and if I want to listen to something on a good quality pair of headphones, wired's the only way to go for me, so... Yeah. Anyway. Um, the two other key things that are coming with this thing right now are it also has a um, built-in dual microphone away array, so you do not have to have like a headset to do multiplayer uh, kind of like cross-com talks. Um, also, they did say, and I forgot to mention this, you are not locked into the Steam store. You are also can use other storefronts and even download bespoke games like Star Citizen, League of Legends, all that. It will run on this thing, no problem. You know, it's really um, interesting because if you if you take a look at the the price of this versus other game consoles, a lot of folks will say, well, they're able to subsidize the price of the, the, the console or the hardware itself because uh, they make, you know, whatever company is selling it, say Nintendo with the Nintendo Switch, will make money through selling games versus Steam where they make money, what is it, like 30% or something off of game sales. So it's not necessarily the same thing but they'll, they'll still i'm sure the hope is that there the expectation is that even if you want to run your own stuff mm -hmm. enough people will just use the steam store get steam games that way and they'll end up sort of increasing their share that way so yeah i mean they could play valorant I mean, it's a it's a great the store it's a really cool to. it's really good like it's a good thing to see like a company that isn't locking you down to like, here's our device, play our things. You can't do anything else unless well, you like, jailbreak it or whatever. Now, that's the other thing about um, this device is that their their version of SteamOS 3.0, they, in the uh, IGN interview, they said they're not locking it down to just this device. They have distributed it out to other manufacturers to make their own version of this. That's they're kind of showing they're kind of like saying that the steam deck is more of like a new is less of like, this is our competitor in the console handheld console market and more like this is a new type of device in the PC space. So um, kind it's of kind of competing with those two devices that um, Linus has been kind of. Um, Wait a minute. Talking about did those the steam, two Chinese. Did this like when they did their like steam, like or their steam boxes, wasn't that kind of similar where like others could make their yes, own hardware? Is, it's the same concept. They, yeah. it, it's the same hardware team that did that. They want to make it so like have Zotac make one, have EVGA make their own, stuff like that. I think that would be really cool to see in this new space of handheld PCs. Um, strictly that is gaming focused, but can also be kind of like bespoke PCs. And what's really interesting is so right now... Um, they're showing off the dock, which apparently they've now added the dock to the official document here um, that I'm looking at, which is pretty cool. Um, but that dock is also open source as well. So you can go to anybody and anybody can play around with it, build their own. Uh, you can build your own at home. I think they make three Steam OS pretty much free. You don't need a license for it. 
yeah, the whole thing is really just kind of fascinating and a breath of fresh air in other ways. Yes. Um, the only killer for this device, 40 watt hour battery, two to eight hours of gameplay. I think they said if you wanted to, I think they used Portal 2 as a, an example. You can play Portal 2 on maxed out settings for about four hours, um, five hours if you bring it down a little bit, but that's about the max you're going to get out of it. So battery power will like the more demanding the game, the less time you have to play. Can I just point out that we measure the batteries in mobile phones in, in one way versus what 40 watt hours. That's closer to how laptop batteries are measured. Yep. In fact, that's that's forty percent of the battery capacity that you're allowed to bring in an airplane. So for that size of device, that type of device, that's actually a pretty decent sized battery. It's just that the hardware in it is is also quite powerful. So yes, it is pretty powerful. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's the Steam Deck. Yeah, and we go reserve yours now. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, obviously, we wanted to cover that because it's new tech and something that perhaps our fans out there with uh, not just the Toho series of games and the fan games out there, but really any other games, most things will run on this device, arguably. So, so play Toho on handheld. You could take it and play Bullet Hell on, on the bus and be awesome i guess yeah if you if you already use a controller for like the curtain fire games this is probably not going to be too much different than that can you imagine like having to move between thumbstick using the trackpad and the touch screen with gyro and gyro just to play toho just having like just like what's the best way to play on this thing it, Turn it sideways, it make just, it like like vertical. Some guy on the bus is playing Toho Project, and it looks like he's defusing a bomb on his mobile gaming device. Like, what the heck are you doing? Like, shut up! I'm trying to get this to turn this way. Ah, curvy lasers. <laughs> anyway. No, see, I like. Okay, so we're we're second chat. This is something else. So I was earlier saying, Ste like, Steam Deck is different than Stream Deck. And there's a reason why. They sound so similar. I really hope Elgato sues Valve for a name change <laughs> because I like some of the other names have been brought up, like Gabe Gear or uh, what was the other one that I saw? Uh, PC2. PC2 was my, new my other favorite one. Like, this is PC2, guys. We finally made it. PC1 is old news. Yeah. Alright. Well, that is that is a thing. Alright. We've uh we've hit the halfway point of this show already, so <laughs> we talked a lot about the Steam Deck. Alright. Let's get into who is all listening right now. Uh we have a new system that's doing sort of the reporting for this, so I'm sure a little some of this is a bit verbose. Uh but in the recent history here we have folks listening from Argentina, Australia, Bolivia. Canada, Chile, Finland, France, Germany, Hungary, Indonesia, Ireland, J uh, Italy, Japan, South Korea, Macau, Mexico, Morocco, the Netherlands, Nigeria, Norway, Pakistan, Papua New Guinea, Poland, I have to turn to a new page here, Puerto Rico, Russia, Rwanda, Sierra Leone, Spain, Sweden, Taiwan, Tanzania, Thailand, Uganda, Ukraine, the UK, and the US. That is more countries than I'm used to reading. Wow, hold, there's a lot of new countries on there that I don't think I've heard. Yeah, did you know that we've actually been, like, 
growing in listenership over the last you know the, the whole trope of expansion you know the, the 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 last episode that we did the last live show that we did it's like yeah well our, our hardware is stressed and we've got to address it uh and then as for listeners i have to do a manual query here to pick this up we've got um nordy math for origami dexy spelger chris one sf moko Palaman, arani renoski marchika that's original Alri, um Alka, Hoey, Chicken King, Detergent. <laughs> no, it's another, it's another one of those. We have. I just love Chicken King and then Detergent. Like <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it was just perfect. Just Detergent. The next one is you. Uh, you. Furai, Dxtra03. Uh, DMJ is listening, asked two and can't find a remote. <laughs> Oh yes. The just oh. the the simple nouns listening is the best thing. The simple nouns are like my favorite. Oh, there's two of them. Either you have a name that's unpronounceable and I gotta watch Lunar stumble, or just you have a very simple name. And I really hope like when you said detergent, I want it spelled in entirely all caps with an exclamation point at the end. Um, I well, I'll I'll show you right now. Actually, I'll post this in uh, one, one moment. It's it's a, it's actually the other way around. So, Chicken King is in all caps. This is in general, by the way, and then detergent is not. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Detergent. 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 Thank you very much for listening. Even though you're sitting on the top of a washing machine somewhere, I, we appreciate it. So... Uh, yeah. I love the fact that Tide's listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good stuff. Uh, some other good stuff we've got coming up here. A couple new songs, something from Tatch Music Circle, and then something from uh, White Elephant. We haven't heard too much from them. But we'll get into uh, these couple songs here before returning in just a little bit here on Gensoki Radio Live number 106.
We're back here on Gensokyo Radio Live number 106. I am joined by DMJ, and now Zara has also joined us as well. Oh, and then there were three. Tell me, are we three musketeers or three stooges? That's a great question. I like to think um, the latter, but honestly, sometimes it's the former. You know what? Yeah. You know what? We could also be wait, like... Um, wait a minute. Did I just say it? that backwards? What, what did you say what first? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, let's get into some game news, because we've got that to go through. We've also got the boatload of stuff that we've done for the station over the last uh, month or so. Uh, before we get into the Steam news, I do want to mention some of the stuff that the, uh, the Toho Game Dev Hub has been doing. Uh, last month, we mentioned the Game Jam, the Toho Pride Jam 3, that was going on. Uh, at the time, people could try out the games, they could vote for their favorites, and now voting is over and the results are up. So if you're interested in checking those games out or seeing what games got what prizes or what rankings or what have you, you can go check it out over there. We'll leave a link in our general chat, which again, if you're not with us, go join us, discord.gg gr. That will be posted in general. And then another mention that I wanted to just get out there, something that was announced earlier today. Uh, there is an August Game Jam as well that will be available. This is something that is hosted via Toho Station, which a lot of you may be familiar with because uh, Zune tends to appear on those uh, from time to time. I think he did the most recent one, what was that, yesterday? Not, not even 24 hours ago? Um, so that jam happens 20 days from now. It is going to start August 6th. It goes until August 13th. So that is about one week to make a game. And it may be featured on uh, Toho Station. And the this, I think, is the second time that they've done this. Uh, the first time, Zune actually got to see some of them, comment on them. So uh, hey, get out there and maybe get your game seen by the creator of the Toho Project series himself. It's kind of cool. Alright, now on to some of the Steam game stuff, which is mostly fan game news. Uh, we've got quite a bit of that. Uh, I did mention at the very beginning of this show that we had been looking at a particular game that we mentioned during live number 91, uh, Toho Blooming Chaos 2. Uh, the reason we're mentioning it again is because it now has some DLC that is, quote-unquote, coming soon. Uh, so, right, the game was released back in April 17th, the uh, year 2020, so last year. It is a top-down roguelike shooter, and basically the plot is that Cherno found out that the locations are teleporting in Gensokyo. Um, they, you know, they, they fool around, they find out. Wait, what is this translation, DMJ? I can't... What does this, this mean? This isn't a translation, this is me. What? She fooled around. She found out. Uh, like <laughs> she fooled around and she found out. Okay. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, you get it. Zara, Zara, Zara gets it. Okay. She fooled around. She found out. It's okay. a, it's an expression. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And now everybody, she essentially messed with this teleporting Gensokyo thing, and now everybody's fighting each other because Cherno messed it all up. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, um, but what, what, what but are the details uh, of the DLC? What we got? Okay, so um, it's really interesting. The same people. Um, who make Toho Blooming Chaos? <clears throat> One moment. Uh, the same people that made Toho Blooming Chaos. Uh, if you were, were listening last uh, show, we were talking about uh, Mistyus Izakaya, that sh game where you're playing as uh, 
Mistia and she's got a barbecue place and you got to run it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the same devs, so they decided oh. in this new DLC that they're going to bring Mistia into the game. Nice. Uh, so that's pretty neat. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the more interesting ones we mentioned. Was it last month or fairly recently? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, what else we got, DMJ? Uh, this next one. Uh, Toho 3D Dungeon. If you are an Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask fan, this is your game because it is a Toho 3D dungeon. And if you look at the trailer, it is straight up using the same uh, animations, camera angles from Ocarina of Time, including opening like chests and like the doors locking when you enter a dungeon. Uh, it's pretty cool. The whole idea is and bear with me. This is a very confusing plot. Uh, one day you wake up in an unfamiliar shrine. Rimu, is who was standing beside you, she said she would take you back to your world and led you to uh, the shrine. But when you wake up, you find yourself in Gensokyo. With the help of Rimu and Marissa, you return from Gensokyo back to your world. Uh, it's actually kind of like you play... Uh, you play like three characters you can swap between yourself, Rimu, and Marissa. Uh, each one of your characters you control, and if you solve the mysteries, it depends. It kind of like changes how the scenario and everything rolls throughout the game, so it might have multiple endings. Um, the only two things I was able to glean from it, mechanics-wise, is that Rimu moves, it's like kind of like a lighter character, kind of think like Luigi in Mario, like how he jumps higher. Um, and was stuff there, uh, there, has quick attacks and low damage. Marissa has a faster dash and a harder attacks, but is super slow. How many so, Mario yeah. games in did they actually like implement a gameplay difference between Mario and Luigi? Actually, it was the first one. The when Mario Luigi was uh, first put into Mario Brothers as player two, uh, it was kind of like a bug, uh, but Luigi could jump higher. At least that's if I remember correctly. That is how it was. A uh, it wasn't meant to be, and it was fixed in subsequent patches of the game uh, when they were re-released elsewhere. But in uh -huh. the original original release, a bug allowed Luigi to jump higher, and it just became a staple. Huh. Interesting. That I did not know. Yeah, uh, it's actually uh, a really good uh, implementation. This, if you go and play Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, playing Galaxy uh, in Lu as Galaxy Two as Luigi throughout the game, you actually get longer and uh, higher jumps, but you also have more uh, more hits you have to have on enemies to kill them, except for bosses. Okay, interesting. Sure, and then we've got let's see a couple more here. One of these was I think you were mentioning that. Uh, a bit difficult to decipher because it is in a different language as many games are these days, uh, fan games. So, so we're relying strictly on Google Google Translate and uh, it's the what? these are the most fun to read, right? Oh my gosh! So like, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a page when oh. you Google Translate it. Uh, <laughs> the game translates to secret fragment uh looks like you're playing as uh looks like you're playing as uh Maryvelle and renko uh it seems like you're solving puzzles there's some sort of mystery that you gotta solve 
Uh, this apparently takes place. It's weird because it's got like. The future is su like, I'm going to read this like little blurb here. And boy, uh, it says time is the science century. The future is such that the underground. I have no idea. Connect connects the capital Kyoto and in Tokyo. It, it, in is, 53 minutes is open. Uh, make Tokyo Edo again. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm, yeah. it's it's I'm gonna you know what? We're just we're just digging a tunnel from Tokyo to Edo to transfer the capital um from Tokyo to Kyoto to transfer the capital back to Kyoto. Uh we're making Tokyo Edo again. Edo. Uh, uh yeah. So this is a novel game. There's a lot of reading in it and that's um, going to only really be interesting if you can read it in the first place. Otherwise, uh, probably not super relevant to folks uh, who are looking to uh, get a game who can't read. I probably, yeah, interface and subtitles are either simplified Chinese or Japanese. So if you're capable of reading either one of those things, more power to you. Otherwise, uh, I don't know, probably don't hold your I breath for an English translation. I dropped the Google Translate link into chat, so they it's, can decipher it. It's it's also negative ten percent, as you can see, uh, in general, because that's how a translation works. Uh huh. All right, and then our final one here on the list, it's a little bit more readable. Uh, the top of the dream. This came out just today, I think actually. So is available three ninety nine. Uh, so relatively inexpensive. And again, I think you looked more at this one, so go for it, DMJ. Uh, so it's kind of like a traditional Danmaku. It actually looks and actually it looks and plays similarly to most of the Toho games that we have played. Uh, story is monsters, the inhabitants all dreamed of in the place in the sky and the immortals notice that the changes in their dreams troubled by the dreams uh, of the dreams, Rimu has to go and explore the sky uh what's really interesting is the mechanic i i don't know about you but i really like this uh, this like sleepy mechanic is what i'm going to call it the sleep mechanic where when you're in a level you're in a dream and the more awake you are or the more lucid you are in the dream the more damage and the faster you shoot but the more drowsy and kind of distant you get you kind of start like really you can't fire at full speed you start having trouble so you kind of have to work between the two states uh which is really cool um so yeah okay yeah i don't know if i want a sleepy mechanic working on my vehicle but uh, in this game it's interesting well, yeah what's really interesting though is it's entirely made within unity you just have to maintain that like semi-lucid um, state of between asleep and awake where you get most of the, the most visionary work done. Oh, so you're talking about like when I get off work? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay, I understand now. When I when I get off work late at night, I just need to go. I'm trying to that, that time where I have that that moment when I'm in my car thinking. When, when all of your uh, Halo Infinite fantasies come along. Yeah, aside no, from... No, no. <laughs> aside from the... Uh... The, the description and the unique mechanics of this. This just looking through the screenshots looks like kind of a regular curtain fire game. So it's it kind of like reminds me a little bit of um what is it? Uh 
10 desires almost in the the way that uh the screen's kind of laid out yeah because it's 16 by 9 but you still have a very vertical playing field yeah it's a window within a window within a window it's an arcade what's meant for an arcade machine kind of deal yeah i mean it definitely gives you that sort of vibe okay I think that about does it for the Steam games. There are a few out there. There are more in the Game Jam stuff that we mentioned earlier, and if you're, again, interested in maybe making a fan game yourself or learning more about how that process goes, maybe you're not a programmer, developer, maybe you're an artist, maybe you like to make music, you can still get involved in that uh, Game Jam that Toho Station is putting on, and uh, you can get involved. Uh, more information is over... Yeah, I guess we'll... We'll post their their itch uh, page is probably we'll find something to link. Um, just stay tuned after the show and we'll get something out there. All right, we got a lot of stuff that happens on the, throughout the station uh, over the last bit here, but I think hmm, we've got a lot to go through. I'm just looking at time here. Uh, let's go ahead and play. A song, uh, something that was high rated this past month here from Hachimitsu Lemon off the album Light Night Beat 6. So we'll go ahead and do that and we'll be, at, be back in just a little bit here in Soki Radio Live number 106.
It's Kinsoki Radio Live number 106. I'm Lunar, joined by DMJ and Zara this evening. We've got some station news to tell you all about. We're in the last half hour of this live program here. If you don't know, these live shows are broadcast about once per month. We make them available for listening afterwards on our website at gensokiradio.net. And you can listen all the way back to live number 40 if you want by going over there. And they are in podcast format. In fact, you can find these shows from 105 all the way back to live number 40 on your favorite podcast platforms. Right now, that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and TuneIn. And if there are any other platforms that uh, maybe you listen to more often, let us know, and we'll see about getting our show added to that list. But for now, the title of this show is Phases. We are taking things from planning to action. It is a sort of transitional thing, and very much when you're working on a project like Gensoki Radio, progress and things changing and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, it's it's a, supposed to be a constant theme because if you're not constantly changing and adapting to the way things are, you become stagnant and you sort of get pushed back into the past a little bit compared to anyone else out there. Not that there are very many options for what we do, but... Uh, what we're doing is pretty exciting as of the last uh, month or so. We spoke last month about expansion. The title of the show is Expansion. We talked about you know, expanding the number of servers we have, the performance of the servers, the bandwidth capabilities of our streaming platform as a radio station. And of course, with all of that, there is an expanded cost as well. Uh, part of our implementation was bringing in Cloudflare, uh, and this is useful for handling high loads, high, you know, stuff like uh, a lot of requests, a lot of duplicate requests. It's able to sort of cache content in such a way that it reduces the load on our server, which is for a growing station like ours is apparently a very good thing. So, um, so there is that. There is that element, and that's really what we worked on uh, sort of before or around our last live show. Now, these days, we have progressed further beyond that. So the phases that we're sort of alluding to, I initially had a couple of phases that I talked about in our information channel, the news and updates channel on our Discord server. And if you don't get those updates, there is a role that you can request in bot chat, it is the knowledge role. Uh, you can go ahead and request that, uh, get notified every week about what we're up to. So for those of you who do follow that, some of this will be sort of a rehash, but there's some new stuff in here as well. Uh, we're unofficially calling sort of the period of time between last show and this one phase zero. Um, it is basically a time when we, we talked about putting in a new content scheduler, content management system, uh, sort of the the software that's responsible for serving uh, show or the you know song after song, doing some of the interstitials as we called them, or otherwise known as sweepers, uh, things like that. Uh, we were developing some of the scripts to receive receive data from some of the new systems that we're running now, uh, which has been implemented in phase one, and we'll get to what some of those are in a little bit here. And then, of course, with new systems, we're also converting some of the logging formats internally. 
to be compatible with our existing uh, database system. So all of that is really just preparation. Not a whole lot happened during phase zero, that's really why we didn't consider it an official phase. But phase one is huge, and over the last couple of weeks, phase one has been implemented, we've been transitioning, working through some of the um, the road the, the road bumps, some of the bugs literally in our in our mobile app that we've uncovered as a result of this transition, and so we're going to work through some of those. Uh, first of all, the transition uh, happened from the source, or, sorry, let me back up. We transitioned our source from a transcoder that lived on our server to a new scheduler system that currently resides on a new machine that is not yet in its final home. Um, but this transition, the transitioning of the source to our new scheduling system results in some things that our listeners have been able to hear over the last week or two. Uh, People will notice that some of the transitions between songs have been tighter, there is less silence in between each song. It's not just a crossfade, but when a new song starts up, it just starts up at full volume, usually at the beginning of sound. Now, as you're listening to music in the background here, I'll turn it up just a little bit, you're gonna notice that stuff is just crossfading from one song to another. This is basically how the old transcoder worked. It was not a very smart system, uh, but this new system does more with the actual sound itself. So it trims silence at the beginning and the end of the songs so that you get sort of those those tighter transitions, and it does move some of the start points inward um, into sort of the actual audio itself. You can think of this like songs that have long fade-out times uh, will actually get interrupted in the middle somewhat, cut them off early, and then transition into the next song. So this is just part of the new scheduling system and some of the sound that it outputs that is notably different than what the system has been doing for literally the last 10 plus years. It is a pretty major change in that way. We also have uh, implemented a system which we alluded to last month. We have our trailer system implemented. So people will notice that you know even in our, our old system, the way it used to be was that every hour we would have uh, a voiceover saying you're listening to Gensoki Radio. We'd have a little bit of you know, music background uh, just in between, or, or sort of on the hour as near as it could be. Um, with the same placement or a similar placement, we now have this trailer system that takes its place. So we have a call sign sweeper that is used hourly. It adds a variety, it, it adds variety to the hourly interstitials, the sweepers, and they are. Uh, generally, well, right now they're a little bit longer than they used to, but we will be adding some shorter sweepers sort of intermixed. Uh, right now this is just sort of, it does a trailer every hour, which I think is a little bit verbose, so we'll be trimming that back a little bit, and we'll have some shorter interstitials uh, thrown into the mix just to add variety and sort of give you more time for music, which is kind of the reason why you're all listening to the station, right? And then... Just as a reminder, um, I'm only saying this because we had a complaint from someone, uh, a, a review on our mobile app that said, there's self-promotion constantly, I don't like this, they gave us a pretty low rating. And you have to understand that this is something that most radio stations do, uh, a lot of, especially on mobile, a lot of folks forget that Gensokyo Radio is a radio station. 
So, you know, it's in the name, it should be obvious, but people still forget that. And so this sort of hourly call sign or shout out thing that's saying you're listening to Gensokia Radio is for a couple of reasons. One, it's a branding thing. It enforces our branding. It reminds you what you're actually listening to. And the second thing is, you know, it's against our TOS, but if anyone restreams, it tells them what they're actually listening to. So it's a way to sort of discourage that by saying, you know, telling people what they're really listening to in those cases, which hopefully are far and few between, but difficult to spot sometimes. And then a couple of other things. Uh, one of the biggest transitions was that we transitioned the station, the core system that when you connect to Gensokia Radio, you're connecting to this piece of software. Uh, that was based on Shoutcast. These days, it is Icecast. This is something that people have been telling us, you know, why aren't we using Icecast? Why are we still using Shoutcast for literally since we started? And early days, that was because Icecast didn't have support, or very, very good support anyway, for, uh, for Unicode, which is really important for streaming music that has Japanese characters in it. Uh, you, you need that support in order to tell people accurately what they're listening to. So, and that introduced a bunch of other things. Uh, obviously, the it's, it's fundamentally different. Shoutcast limited us to what we could stream in terms of the format. Um, with Shoutcast, we could only stream MP3 or AAC. Um, Present-day Shoutcast, if you get the most up-to-date server, it is actually um, sort of payware at this point. You are much more limited in what bit rates you can stream in terms of mp3 and if you want to stream aac at all on showcast uh, as it is these days on the most up-to-date uh, software that they offer you actually need to pay monthly for you know even if you host the service on your own hardware and you're paying for your own server and your own bandwidth and all of that just to use this software to stream aac you need to pay them monthly and it's like eight or nine dollars a month or something which is ridiculous so that combined with the uh, their, their sort of recommended uh, ad company that we were using in 2020, sort of between April and December last year, uh, for running sort of the in-stream advertising that we did to help pay for, like, low store you know, turnout and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we just, it's more work than it's worth, and I really don't feel like supporting uh, a company or groups of companies that, um, are doing this. I understand that Radionomy bought uh, like Winamp and Nullsoft, some something like that. They basically bought Shoutcast um, in the mid 2010s, and we talked about that when it happened during one of our live shows, and we had a news article about it on our website. But uh, you know, as time goes on, like the, the whole sort of motive behind that acquisition is that they saw value in it, right? So, and part of this value is coming from charging people to use a service that unfortunately was already available uh, for free prior to this point. So it, it's just, we don't see the value in it anymore. So we've moved away from Shoutcast 100% um, and we're using Icecast. Now I say 100%, but we did discover a bug in our mobile app, which for whatever reason, um, our mobile app doesn't like streaming Icecast streams uh, on on our, our mobile app on Android. and. You would think that an MP3 stream is an MP3 stream is an MP3 stream, but apparently not. There's something else different about it that messes with the audio class that we're using inside the app itself. And so as a temporary fix, 
you know, in, in between implementing a real fix in the mobile application, we have uh, we have sort of a side shoutcasts server that's providing two completely separate mobile-only endpoints uh, for the mobile app just to, to take care of that. And that's that's a temporary solution, but unfortunately, just with the amount of work that we have upcoming, it may be a number of months before a, a real update to the mobile app is put in place where we don't have to do that anymore. Um, I've done some testing with a separate audio class, again, internal to the app, uh, that works well with IceCast streams, but it's going to take a lot of work to uh, to implement. So it's probably it's probably months away because it's it's going to run into fall, which means that I'm going to be taking classes again, which means I'm going to have less time to develop this stuff for you guys. So that's the way that is. Um, I, I said a couple things before. All right, a couple other things. Uh, we transitioned our live song info system, so. Shoutcast provided live information to us in the in the form of an API, and Icecast does as well, but their APIs are different. So we had to modify it to be compatible with. You know, we basically had to take the new API, take what information we could out of it, and implement it in a way that it makes sense. It's good to go. Um, so we we did that. Uh, part of that was in phase one, just because they are so fundamentally different that there's only so much that we could test up to a point. It's like, that's why when the system first went live, a lot of folks uh, were not able to rate songs because um, this there's sort of this fundamental change with the way that listeners are logged. Like, part of the check that happens when you rate a song is, is the current listener who's rating a song listening to the station? Because if you're not listening, you can't rate a song. But the system doesn't know you're listening if you can't, like, if it can't log you as a listener. So that's. Let me rate the song. I know it's good. Yeah. 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 And and Blah. so that's been mostly, that's been mostly fixed at this point. I think DMJ mentioned a little bit uh, just prior to the start of this show that there are still some issues. I think rating on mobile. Uh, the website seems yeah. to be just fine though. I did fix a minor thing yesterday. So you know, if you want to rate a song, you're good to go there. But obviously, we're still working on stuff. Um, in terms of just getting some of those niceties back uh, the way that they are supposed to be. And then prior to phase two, which is uh, upcoming in probably a week or two, is we're gathering music from our physical backlog. Uh, we are basically, in, in layman's terms, taking all the CDs that we've had waiting to be included in our library and converting them into digital format and putting them on our uh, our hardware before phase two. And the reason that's important is because, for me anyway, it'll save me time and bandwidth uh, to do so. Phase two is quite interesting. Uh, so, so phase one, I guess, uh, one thing I failed to mention somehow is that we are working on our own um, hardware. So in the beginning of all this, we tried to figure out on what system can we run our new scheduler software. It specifically needs to run on a particular operating system, and to do that, we tested a couple of different VPS configurations. It's virtual private servers, like all of our stuff runs on VPSs for the station and the website and all that. Um, but we had to we had to tweak it to get it to be compatible with our scheduler. So. We, what we found out was that VPSs, for the purposes of encoding live audio, 
uh, were not sufficient to do what we needed it to do. So instead, we looked to a bare metal solution, which is more expensive, but it's necessary for the level of performance that we want our source audio to have. Uh, with the VPS solution, we would have audio crackling, some pauses, some breaks. Uh, when it called new songs in, it would, you know, there, there might be some pauses, especially in instances where you've got like the trailer that runs where it needs like quick access to those. You know, you've got like a, a clip, like a transition clip that's less than a second and then it needs to load the next song. Uh, like stuff like that, where you just need a really responsive system and something that can do live audio encoding. So we built our own physical server and we're going to be sending that server out to a location. Uh, so this will be the first instance of co-location. And when we do that, and when that actually goes live, that will be phase two. So what that means is we're running on the most performant uh, hardware that, or we will be running on the most performant hardware in a data center setting. And we will have a, a, a great, a greater amount of control over that than we've ever had with any other machine because it's ours, we own it. Uh, which is awesome. Now, it, it was a significant investment, but long-term, it actually ends up uh, ends up saving us money because, you know, otherwise, with a bare metal machine that we don't own, we'd have to rent the the machine itself as well, which ends, ends up being in the ballpark of $50 to $60 per month. Uh, we can do that for cheaper in the long-term. Now, initially, it's, you know, we dropped about $1,000 to make this machine, but we own it, and long-term, we'll end up paying less. So... That's the goal. We're thinking longer term with this system. It's not just a short, like, we'll run it and see what happens. This is the new system. So, uh, right. So with running our own hardware, we also have the ability to put in a ton of space. Right. With all of our servers up to this point, we've been running against sort of this space limitation. Uh, you know, like we can add a 50 gigabyte disk here. We can have our server run 80 gigabytes and that's, fine for running a web server, but in terms of the library, that does end up limiting us to the kinds of files that we can have hosted on the server and the stuff that we have available to the station to stream at any given point in time. Uh, but with a system like this, you know, we can plug in a four terabyte drive and holy cow, we have m many multiple times over increased the amount of space that we're able to work with. So uh, not only do we have more space for more songs, but we can also bump up the quality of the source files to, uh, instead of being MP3 V0s like I've been touting over the last 10 plus years to save on space, we're actually transitioning to a source lossless format so that, and, and for those of you who know anything about audio encoding, transcoding from a lossy to a lossy format, say MP3 V0, which is, it's a variable bitrate MP3 file, but it's like, 200 some or maybe even low 300 and some kilobytes per or kilobits per second um, if you transcode that a lossy format into another lossy format you're losing fidelity somewhere along the line it's not the best way to do it so you go from a lossless to a lossy format that is your best case scenario if you're streaming in a lossy uh, a lossy format to, to begin with an mp3 stream like we do you know the 128 kbps mp3 stream or the 256 or the 64 uh, Opus stream that we have that replaced the AAC stream that we had before for mobile devices, uh, it is your best case scenario to start lossless and then have your 
have through a single transcoding process go to lossy if you need to. So now we've got the ability to do that, which means that the quality, regardless of what you're listening to, will bump up just a little bit, and we're all about that. We're trying to get this thing basically as good as we can get it, and that is a huge part of that process, just having that available as an option. And yeah, uh, with that, there are some other capabilities that we're throwing around, um, perhaps the idea of a lossless stream on its own, but uh, we're not really ready to talk about that beyond sort of an idea, so we'll move on. Uh, phase three, which we haven't really talked about at length uh, anywhere, even our, our knowledge um, chat that we did last week, or our update that we did last week, is the idea of regional servers. Now, this isn't so much about latency, more than it is about local stability. Um, folks in different regions have sometimes said, hey, it's, you know, the stream's not stable where they're listening from. Uh, it's really difficult to gauge how important this is or how much uh, someone listening in Japan, for example, uh, connecting to a server in Canada, uh, how much that really affects things, but we're gonna give it a go, I think, after everything else is set up and things are working well. Uh, phase 3 is this idea of running regional servers, so servers that are more regional, closer to the listeners themselves, and in terms of connecting to it, it should be, uh, ideally, what we'll end up doing is it'll be transparent to the listener, so it'll just automatically see, okay, you're from this IP, this IP lives in this region, you'll connect to this server. Done. That's it. it it'll just be, like, a, it's a total back-end system working thing uh, that the listener won't even have to think about. And hopefully, the, the idea, the, the end goal with that is that we'll end up getting sort of better stability to, to folks who are listening in other parts of the world. Because this is a global radio station, people listen from all over the place. Uh, that's pretty clear if you were around for countries and listeners that we have people all over the place. I, I think I listed over 30 countries in that countries and listeners segment, which is a little high for what we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're normally doing. but. Anyway, so that's, that is the bulk of the, the changes, the transitional process that we've been going through, the phases. Yeah, so. So that's that. Um, I know that we've got some, some mentions here. Uh, CDs are digital. Sure. Well, yes. Um, I don't know. There, there's not a whole lot uh, else going on. Oh, also, um, I don't know if I've mentioned it up to this point, but transitioning to Icecast means that from the point that I'm saying words to the point where you're hearing them, it's about three to four seconds versus yes. showcast, which was like 20 to 25 seconds. So the turnaround is like the, the, the latency is much lower, which is pretty neat. So we no longer get that um, yeah. authentic Twitch stream delay. Uh, to illustrate this, for anyone who's currently in our Discord server, and for those of you who are listening to a recording, I'm afraid I can't do this right now for you, but. Uh, I'm going to type in a thing, and uh, hello world, and I'm going to hit the enter key, and I'm going to hit it now, and you can see when that was, you know, based on when you saw it in Discord until when you heard it, that tells you what the delay is. Don't worry, if you're uh, listening to a recording of this, we will try, we'll send someone back through, uh, forward and back through time to figure this out for you. Something like that. So that's what I got. 
That's um, it's it's big. We also so like also internally for like the cloud system that I've been touting, this will also be more. Uh, it'll be easier and more stable because it's going to be a dedicated system for it instead of running the cloud on a Raspberry Pi and telling you to like log in this thing which only works for a month and then it stops working and then people are like Lunar fix the cloud and then I'm like yeah okay I'll get to it. Mom radio machine broke. Yeah so. I can't listen to my music and I got the sads. Um, for those of you who are listening via mobile, that delay still exists because mobile is based on Shoutcast. But if you're listening to the stream via the endpoint itself listed on streamnegatsocurator.net or to our, mo our, our, uh, our website, that's, that's the low latency version. Um, for mobile, it is, uh, yeah, it, it's, again, that sort of temporary fix for the issue uh, on mobile because mobile doesn't like Icecast streams for some reason. We don't really know why uh, it, it would it will be fixed but it's sort of a midterm uh, project so it's gonna take longer to to do and it's not something that I was expecting I would have to do so it gets plugged into the list yep, yep. so that's that so if you're yeah I, I know HTF looks like he's in a parking lot right now uh, if that's a recent photo and so yeah you're probably listening on mobile um, that's why if you're listening to like TuneIn, however uh, tune in uses the Icecast stream because, yeah, go figure. Lower latency. If you want that, that's a, that's one way to do it, I guess. Uh, also, while I have your attention, we will be doing our third Discord uh, stage event the next month because we did one well on the fourth. Uh, it just became available, uh, I think, a couple like one or two days ago. Uh, it was supposed to be a little bit sooner than that, but it's out there now. So if you're interested in hearing about some of the things that's uh, the the staff. It was sort of a, a meet the Gensoki Radio staff stage. The three of us plus Nano were there uh, fielding questions to and from each other and also from our uh, listeners, our community on Discord. So that is out there in case you're looking for something to listen to after this. And also, before you go, it's very important for me to mention that we have pre-orders available for the next set of Toho Et t-shirts. That's right. I've waited up until this point to talk about it, but if you're still here, uh, they're out there right now. We've got two new t-shirt designs up. We have the Magic Marissa t-shirt along with the Chill Cherno t-shirt. And very, oh boy. very similar to our, our last couple of shirts. Uh, the design language is very similar. We have a couple, these are two tone shirts rather than just the plain one tone. Um, and, but, but the art style is very much similar and that is, again, a creation, a collaboration with Nano the Satellite, our, uh, fourth missing staff member here. Oh, uh, Satellite. Get it. It's like when people must talk about the Ohio State University. The <laughs> importance. Yeah. Um, I should mention those are... So they're mock-ups, um, that, that is very much what the final design should look like. The placement might be a little different. You can see how they turned out when you lay the other shirts flat, uh, but it, it'll be pretty similar to that. Uh, I think the Cherno design is stretched horizontally just a tiny, tiny bit, but yeah, what you're seeing is basically what the final version will look like, so yeah. Uh, initially I named it the Cool Cherno t-shirt, but I realized I was missing an opportunity there, so now it's the Chill Cherno t-shirt. 
it'll help to educate yeah. people how to actually say Cherno's name. So, it's it's alliteration. Magic Marissa and Chill Cherno. I, I liked it. I, I think I, I thought it worked out. Come on. <laughs> so. so that's about it. Uh, that's all I got. You guys got anything else you want to mention before we uh, head out of this show? Um, pray for my safety for I am going through uh, Halo C, uh, the Halo All Master Chief Collection Legendary Solo. And I got three games left, and they're the three that I dread the most playing on Legendary. I got ODST, I got uh, Halo C, but most importantly, I got Halo 2, which I have a reason to believe is going to put me on high, high blood pressure medication. <laughs> so uh, make sure I don't, my heart doesn't fail me. <laughs> uh, that's, that's important. I'm going to double check something here just at the, the final moment. Oh, uh, wait! Oh, I just remembered! All my Shadowrun books came in, so I'm actually doing the pre, uh, the pre, uh, I guess pre-process of starting the Toho, like, Shadowrun crossover campaign. I actually got a Google Doc going. So, yeah, it's actually pretty neat. Nice. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Calculate. And, okay. So we got that okay um for folks who want to pre-order a shirt uh there is supposed to be a five dollar discount if you get both of them similar to the first uh tohoet shirts so i'll i'll get on that but um in the meantime if if you do want to get one i'll make sure that that gets out to you um that that discount um yeah they're up they're available until august 1st and similar to every other pre-order that we've done, uh, we need enough pre-orders for them to go through. They're contingent on the number of pre-orders per product, so it is not for both of these total, it is for each shirt. It is entirely possible for one shirt to be successful and the other to not be successful. So uh, if you want these to be a thing, make sure that you grab them now and also uh, it, it helps to guarantee if you want a particular size, uh, getting it during the pre-order is the way to get it. Uh, I know a lot of folks during the, the first couple of shirts, the Reimu and the Yomu shirts, uh, there were a number of folks who wanted to get a small size, but they sold out within the first 48 hours um, after having them just in a, a regular sort of extra stock. Um, and to all of those that missed out, I just, I have to say, it's... The pre-order is the time if you need to get a size that might end up doing that. So, uh, that's all I got. So, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening this evening. Uh, we'll go ahead and and get that discount in effect on the website. We'll also get these out there to folks who are interested in getting them and who aren't listening to this show. And, of course, if you missed it on part of the show or if you want to listen to it again, uh, we will have it available on our website about a week from now, or if you are a supporter of 3x7 at patreon.com slash 3x7, you uh, will get access to them probably tomorrow. So that's a thing. Uh, it's also a great way to support the folks behind the station because goodness knows I've spent hours and hours and hours, probably honestly, 40 to 60 hours per week, probably just working through this stuff. Um, summer's the time to do this, I have found, and I can't possibly work on it at this length um, during when classes are in session. So 
gotta do what I can when I can, and it's it's all for you guys, and I hope that you're enjoying what we're putting out there, so thanks again, everyone. I am Lunar for DMJ and Zara. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in the next one. Till then. Good night.